We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Tuesday, it's September 12th. It is 2023. We have a nine-game baseball slate to talk about here on today's podcast. Joined today by my buddy Keith Eister, Eyes819. Keith, we just got to watch um, a catch that we'll talk about probably the rest of the year by Garrett Wilson. What an insane catch. Aaron Rodgers hurt in the first drive of the game. Hopefully he's okay. Um doesn't sound too optimistic, but I mean, it's a lot of uh, keyboard doctors. We'll have <laughs> yeah. to kind of see. It looks like the Jets just recovered a sack fumble and have a chance to win this game, which is wild. So um, what a Monday night football game. And um, how are you doing, my friend? <laughs> this this has been a wild night for sure. Um, Aaron Rodgers, hope he's okay. That was going to be a fun and exciting team. Um, yeah, Garrett Wilson, man, he, he is on his way to being like a top five at least wide receiver in the NFL. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's up there in the top three um, if, if Rodgers can make it back this season. But, yeah, extreme talent there for Garrett Wilson. Um, been a little bit of a, a boring football game since we didn't have the quarterback play on the other side, but the Jets still in it. Shout out to their defense holding Josh Allen in check. Um, they'll, they'll be okay even if Rodgers can't come back, but they won't be the Super Bowl contender that, that they were projected to be, I don't think. Um Baseball has been, been an interesting one on Monday night, too. I had a bunch of Luzardo, and he got absolutely blown up by the Brewers. So I'm ready to turn the page to Tuesday. I don't, I don't know about you. But. Yeah, baseball, I ended up um, really heavy on the Cubs. <laughs> um, that's not working out. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that that didn't work out. Um, I did play Woodruff 
so I did, I was on the opposite side of you in that game. Um, and I had a ton of interest in, oh my God, why well, can't think of his name? Tampa pitcher right now. Why well, can't think of his name? Oh my gosh. Who pitched for Tampa today? Why am Glass I now. my glass Glass now? Yeah. yeah. So, and he had, he had a pretty solid game. He just didn't have that like dominating game. So, um, like my non cub stacks had him and yeah, it was just one of those things where not the right combos, not going to be a good night. Um, hit on a couple pick em props, which is always nice. And I need digs. I was just telling you before the show, I need digs to get eight more yards to finish off a of five for five on prize picks for 10 X. So, um, that would be nice. So the fumble right there, not ideal unless not the open. jets score really fast, um, in this one. So. But yeah, man, ready to, like you said, flip the page, talk some baseball here on Tuesday. Just some housekeeping notes here. Um, Kansas City, Chicago White Sox, they're playing a doubleheader. That game that's on the slate right now, they already said there won't be fantasy points accrued for that game. And then the Red Sox-Yankees game, there's not a note yet but they announced that they're going to play a doubleheader as well. We're just assuming they're going to cross that game off. Um, so we'll just roll with that. We don't know who the pitchers are for the doubleheader yet either. So it's really tough to talk about that game anyway. Um, so if something changes on that, you know, obviously there'll be a ton of information information for that, but we're going to play this and break this down as a nine game slate to kind of give you a better idea of what we're looking at here on this slate. So um, that's all that let's get into uh, talking some baseball overall here. Um, it's an interesting slate. A lot of, lot of interesting spots to attack some interesting pitchers to attack um so let's let's break it down we start with texas at toronto we got scherzer against ryu in this one there wasn't a total out but i think now that everything's been announced yeah eight and a half um blue jays a 112 favorite so blue jays a slight favorite but almost a pick em game with um with the rangers being minus 104 what are your thoughts here on Max Scherzer going up against Toronto? Blue Jays favored against uh, Scherzer. That's a, a little bit of a surprise. I, I know he hasn't been quite as dominant this season, but still been pretty pretty solid overall. Um, he's eleven thousand three hundred. That's like paying up for pitching is has been something I've tried to avoid here recently. Um, I did play a good amount of Gilbert. That's that's not going great. Um, Framber gave up a couple of runs to Oakland. Uh, he did have 10 strikeouts, so that, that kind of salvaged his day, but it's a tough matchup against Toronto. Um, they are very right-handed, which, which helps Scherzer here. It's just, it's the price tag for me. It's another core slate. I know I'm going to want to jam in Cubs bats again. Um, despite it not working out Monday night, I'm going to go right back to it. Just a, a pretty good offense in its course field. So I think I'll be prioritizing bats for the most part again. Scherzer not being the elite strikeout guy that he once was in a tougher matchup, um, probably off of him today. Yeah, I mean, overall, like throughout his career, Max Scherzer has been dominant against right-handed hitters. And I mean, this is still a very right-handed heavy offense. Um, I don't know if I necessarily would talk you out of it. I just like if I'm paying up here, I think I'm paying up for Peralta against Miami. Um, overall, I think that's a higher, just a higher ceiling matchup. Um, so I prefer going Peralta over Scherzer, maybe even go down to Verlander against Oakland, um, in that matchup. So, yeah, I mean, I think this is a spot I'll, if I play Scherzer, it would probably be 
on one of three teams. I don't think this would be a spot that I would be playing him on two of three or three of three. Uh, the other side of this game, Ryu. I mean, Texas has been hot or cold. Um, I, this offense is really good. Ryu is a guy that's going to throw a lot of strikes. Um, his strikeout rate is average. Um, not a huge strikeout offense in general. Garcia being out of the lineup definitely hurts this team against left-handed pitching. What are your thoughts here at Ryu on Ryu? Yeah, tough matchup against Texas. Not not a very good strikeout matchup. Um, fully priced at 8,600. Like, he's not working deep into games. That feels a little bit too pricey for a matchup against Texas. Um, hasn't topped 80 pitches in his last three starts. Like, you're probably getting five innings here. I don't know if there's enough, especially in a tougher matchup, for him to pay off an $8,600 price tag in five innings. It's like he's certainly not an elite strikeout pitcher. Um, has been well below average this season. So, probably not getting to Ryu either. Yeah, and like we've seen him like throw really good outings and they just cap him at five innings. Um, yeah. He pitched really well against Cleveland a couple weeks ago. He was at 70 pitches when he came out of that game going into the sixth inning. So I think maybe an innings limit more than a pitch count limit. Um, and I think that still limits his ceiling because, I mean, one bad inning and he gets to like 85 in the fourth. I mean, he's not coming back out. So yeah. um, I just I'm with you on this. I mean, I don't know necessarily how many Texas bats I want to play, but I, I know I definitely don't want to play Ryu in this one. As far as the Texas bats are concerned, Seager's been really good lefty-lefty. Ryu has been a lead against lefties this season. Um, you know, throughout his career, this is a guy that has pitched well against left-handed hitters. So, I mean, this is one of the reasons that I'm struggling with this team is like, I want to play low. I want to play Seager. Um, it's just they, sh they, I mean, Ryu has been so good against lefties. I think like Duran, cheap option, has power against left handed pitching. Um, Garver or Heim, whoever catches here, like those are the guys that I'm more interested in this spot. Yeah, I, I don't have a ton of interest in a, in a full stack here. I think you can try to find some home runs. Um, Ryu's a fly ball guy. Um, I like the Duran call a lot. I think that's the guy I would generally be looking to. Garver's been better against righties this year, which is odd because he's been better against lefties in his career. Um, kind of that's switched around a little bit this year, though. Um, let's see. Haim has been dealing with an injury um, and hasn't quite been right for, for quite a while here. So probably not getting to Haim. He's a guy I usually like to play against lefties. Um, Carter is a prospect. I played a bunch of, uh, Monday night, shout out to Don Yeezy in the chat. He, he was on the Rangers stack as well. That worked out pretty well on Monday night, but not, not a stack for me today. I think you can hunt home runs. Um, I, I like your Duran call the best. You can of course play Simeon all the time, but he's priced up. Yeah, I was just trying to like, think about who potentially could crack the lineup today. Um, I do going back to Yeezy in chat. Shout out, Yeezy. What's up, YouTube chat? Hope you're all having a fantastic Monday night. Um, Tavares could hit higher in the lineup, too, against the lefties, so that's something to kind of pay attention to. Yeah, I mean, Grossman's going to be in there. Never a guy I love to play, but um, Go ahead, he'll, lead he'll off. be in better, the Better from the right side of the plate, too. Yep. Throughout his career, he's been better um, hitting righty. You always wonder, like, when guys have so, like switch hitters have such like drastic splits, do you ever like wonder like why not just hit from one side? I, I wonder that to myself all the time. Um, 
Yeah, it's, I mean, switch hitting is really hard. Like, you have to keep the mechanics straight on two swings. Like, I, I completely understand. And we've seen some guys give it up. Um, but, yeah, like, especially when you're just better from one side, why not Why not just stick to one thing? Yeah, I mean, I could, I could crush, um, like, from the left side of the plate, like, BP in, like, high school. But, like, I never tried to do it in a game. Because, I mean, like, BP is I, – I got it. But, yeah, like – High school, I, I hit a lot in high school. I mean, when you're when you're an athlete in high school, I used to be an athlete. I'm I'm fat and old now, but I mean, you you I mean, I played center field and I pitched, so like um, I hit lead off most of the time and I pitched. So um, I used to Keith, I used to be fast. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I hate running now. So Toronto, I mean, like anybody, like if you talk to anybody that played baseball growing up in like high school, college, um, pro level you run so much that I feel like you just, you hate it by the time you're like not playing anymore. I'm definitely in that boat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Toronto bats. I mean, Scherzer has been someone that we've targeted for home runs in the past. It's a tough spot. They're expensive. Like nothing like jumping off the page for me here on Toronto. Yeah. Not for me either. Um, like you can take some shots on the cheap lefties. I think like Varsho Biggio, there's still a ton of strikeout risk there. Um, it's definitely not a stack for me. I'm not trying to pick on Scherzer, but you can play a cheap lefty trying to find a home run. All right. Arizona at New York facing the Mets nine and a half total in this game. Pick them game. We got Nelson and Budo. Uh, any interest here in Ryan Nelson? No interest in Nelson. I just don't don't see the strikeout upside. I am going to be kind of hunting down in this range and trying to find things that I think are are somewhat playable. I know he had a decent game his last time out against the Cubs, but pretty much everything went perfect, and that's kind of what has to happen for him to be usable. Um, good ballpark here to pitch in, but Mets have quite a bit of power. Nothing here ex- excites me about Nelson. Low pitch count. I mean, this is a guy that hasn't thrown more than – 80 pitches in the majors um, in like two months. So pitch count, month and a half. Pitch count worries me a little bit about Nelson. He's cheap, though. Um, Good ballpark. Nice ballpark upgrade. Below average strikeout pitcher. Struggles to both sides of the plate. Um, The Mets, when they're hitting, they're a great offense. (laughs) Oh, such a tilting offense, too. Other side of this game, we got um, Jose Budo. Coming off of probably his best outing, um, of the year, you know, through six innings, 81 pitches against Washington, put up 18 fantasy points, tough matchup against Arizona. Um, any interest here? I mean, I, I think he's fine. There are guys that I prefer in the six K range. I think um, that we're, that we're going to get to it's he's another low strikeout pitcher and he has a really low strikeout matchup. Could I see him having another strong six inning start? and putting together four or five K's and being useful on this slate. I, I suppose I could see a case for it. Um, I don't think he's going to be one of my favorite options. And I, I doubt he makes my pool. Just the top half of this lineup has been so good this year. You look at it, Marte, Corbin, fam, Walker, Gary L like Longo Longo has kind of reemerged this season. He's having a really good year. It's like this, like six, seven hitter in this offense. Um, I just don't see a ton of upside in this matchup today. So I'm probably going to pass looking at the Arizona bats. I mean, I hate the ballpark. So I think if I'm playing Arizona, it'd be like a three man stack more than a full, full stack here. But 
I mean, looking at this guy's advanced numbers, you definitely can target some left-handed hitters, low strikeout, high walks. I mean, there's a there's a ton of potential for a stack to go off here. Yeah, sorry. I was I was messing with my camera. My camera went out for a minute, and I was trying to get it back. Looks like I got it back now. But uh, which which side are we starting with here, Arizona? Yeah, Arizona bets. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Budo, like he's a, a low strikeout guy. You mentioned Arizona's been, been pretty solid here. So uh, Carroll was back up towards the top of the lineup. They had moved him down for a little bit after he was struggling. But if he's back up there, you love his, his upside with his power and speed. Um, Guriel is a guy who's been really good against righties. So I, I like him a good amount. Um, Fam and Longoria are cheap. I, I think that you can make a stack here. Um, Budo is not a guy who necessarily scares me off of him. He walks a ton of people too. So good chance the, uh, the Diamondbacks have quite a few, quite a bit of people on base today. Uh, Mets bats, any interest in the Mets here against Nelson? Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think that they're in play here. Um, Low strikeout guys, so anybody that typically struggles with strikeouts, very much in play. Uh, Pete Alonzo certainly comes to mind. Should ha- should be hitting the ball hard quite a bit here. Love Mauricio, really solid prospect for the Mets. He's 3,300, has second base eligibility. DJ Stewart, a guy who I love to play in low strikeout matchups, big-time power, same same type of play in Dan Vogelbach. Um, I like the Mets quite a bit here in this spot. Of course, you can play Lindor, Lindor and Nimmo in any matchup, but a great spot here for the Mets. Yeah, a Fanduel team that I really liked today that had um, Vogelbach in it, and um, he wasn't even in the lineup. made me made me sad. So, um, yeah, I like the power. DJ Stewart, Alonzo, Nimmo. Um, we don't usually like classify like Nimmo as power, but I mean, dude has a two thirty ISO against right-handed pitching this season. Been really yeah. solid. All right, we got Miami at Milwaukee. Seven and a half total in this game. Brew Crew, a 155 favorite. It sounds like it's going to be a opener situation for Miami today with um, Cabrera pitching in long relief. They've kind of capped him about 70, 75 pitches here recently. Um, so I would assume that's kind of what we're looking at for him. And then Peralta pitching for Milwaukee. Um, are you touching Cabrera 8,100? I don't think you can do it at 8,100 and probably only 70 to 75 pitches again. Like, it, it's a young staff. They're trying to limit these guys down the stretch here a little bit. Um, I like. I prefer targeting my uh, Milwaukee with lefties, especially if Yelich is able to m- make it back in. I was hoping Yelich made it back for the game uh, Monday night because I was playing a bunch of Luzardo, and Yelich hasn't been good against lefties, but he's been very good against righties. So um, hopefully for Cabrera's sake, he sits again. But I don't think I'm getting there either way. I got there with Diggs. I'm happy. I'm I'm good. Nice. Um, <laughs> 35 <laughs> seconds in the game getting there is always nice. Um, if Cabrera was like 6,500 in this spot, I could make an argument for just attacking the strikeouts against Milwaukee. Like 8,100 for a guy that's probably capped at 75 pitches on a nine-game slate, it's just I feel like it's too much. Um, so for me... I think I'm going to pass on Cabrera. Um, I have a ton of interest in Peralta. I think if you're spending up today, this is the guy. There's a ton of strikeouts in this Miami lineup. Um, they're missing, you know, obviously they're missing one of their biggest power hitters in Solaire. I mean, yeah, you still got to get around like Jazz, but Jazz has a 31% K rate too. Um, I think this is a great spot today for Freddie Peralta. I think it's a, a great spot as well. 
I just the the price tag at eleven to eight, like this might be the most expensive Freddie Peralta has ever been. Like we're used <laughs> to seeing him above ten k, no doubt about it. But I don't know that he's ever approached twelve k. Um, that's usually reserved for like Jacob Degrom and Spencer Strider, Scherzer and Cole, obviously back in the day too. But he was striking out a ton of guys. Like he he put up great performances against good offenses when he had this string of. Texas, San Diego, and Philly um, was striking out basically 10 every game. Then he gets a matchup against Pittsburgh and only gets four strikeouts. So you need that 9-10K type of performance from him at 11-8. I, I think he can certainly do it against Miami. Um, he's But my concern is that he's not necessarily been an elite strikeout pitcher in his career. I know, like, like I said, he went through that awesome stretch this year. Uh, but he's been more like a 27, 28% strikeout guy in his career rather than the 30 plus, um, at least last year. And, and the, then leading up to that stretch this year, he was in that like 27, 28% range. So I, I don't know if I fully buy his 30% strikeout stuff. Um, 11.8 is a tough price tag to ask. So it's going to be dependent on ownership. If he's low owned, then then I probably try to get over the field on him. But if, if everybody's paying up for Peralta, I pro- probably end up underweight. Yeah, Woodruff didn't do him any favors by throwing the the complete game shutout on um, Monday night. Yeah, well rested bullpen. Yeah, well rested bullpen. Um, I got no interest today in the Miami bats. No, I don't either. Um, just because I don't want to play for Peralta doesn't doesn't mean he is not an, an elite pitcher. Um, the Milwaukee side, you know, Yelich is banged up right now. Maybe back in the lineup, just sat against the lefty on on Monday. Um, he's dealing with like a back injury. And I feel like this has been the thing that's kind of haunted him over the last few years. Um, any yep. interest in the Milwaukee bats here? I don't think so. Like, especially with the opener situation, you're going to get the, the additional pinch hit risk. Um, like you can, I think you can play Frelick. Um, you can certainly pay Contreras, play Contreras if you want to spend up. I'm with you. I'm, I'm off Yelich. Anytime that back flares up, we've seen him really struggle at times. So, don't think I can go there for that reason. It's not really a full stack for me. Um, Adamus is a one-off is, is certainly fine. Frelick as a one-off is, is fine, but not, not real interested in the stack. Yeah. Like I said, I don't mind some one-offs here. Um, Adamus, I think he's a good shortstop one-off. You know, we're going to see quite a bit of ownership um, on this slate for certain hitters, especially at shortstop. So good pivot potentially here. Tampa Bay at Minnesota. Eight total in this game. The Twins, a 130 favorite. We got Ryan and Little facing off against each other in this one. Uh, any interest here in Zach Little? Yeah, I do. Um, I've actually played a decent amount of this guy this year, which is like, I mean, I, I didn't even realize he was transitioning to a starting pitcher um, until he was announced making a start. Um, it's been a couple, I don't know what he made eight starts or something like that. Now he's been pretty solid here for Tampa Bay. This Minnesota lineup strikes out a ton. He doesn't go deep into games. You're going to get probably 80, 85 pitches. He has been up over 90 once, but I don't, I don't think that's the norm, um, especially for a Tampa Bay pitcher. So 85 pitches is probably where I'd put it. If I had to, to make a guess, not a huge strikeout guy, but I think there's strikeout upside due to the matchup. There's certainly power risk on the other side. Um, but he's done a pretty decent job. He went through a, a little stretch there where he was getting beat up a little bit, uh, but then had a great outing last time against Seattle. So 6,700 for 85 pitches I'm, against a high strikeout opponent. I, I'm interested here. 
throws a lot of strikes, generates a lot of ground balls, um, doesn't give up a ton of power, you know. So I could definitely see it. I mean, at this price, like we're we're looking for some value, right? We have some top end pitching, we have some top end bats to pay up for today. So looking for some some cheap pitching. I mean, I'll play just about anybody against Minnesota at this point. So I, you know, I think this is a spot. He, at 6700 we're going to talk about the Minnesota bats too for what it's worth but i think yep. that you could def- definitely take some shots on him today uh ryan on the other side of this game 9500 tough matchup here going up against tampa joe ryan is someone that can strike out righties at a huge clip but tampa is a team that can throw five six lefties at him um any interest here in ryan yeah, I, it's the lefties that are concerning, right? He's got a very, very wide split in his um, strikeout rate. It looks like he's just about back to fully stretched out. 89 pitches in the last one. Obviously, he, he missed some time there. Um, and like he had seen a dip in his, his pitch count working his way back up to full strength. 80, 74 coming off the IL and then 89 in this one. So I think we're good to go for about 95 here, which is generally where he sits. Occasionally, he'll top 100. Um, just the tough matchup against Tampa Bay. He's in play for me. I, I think he kind of gets lost with Verlander right in this range or people going up to Peralta. So if if he's low owned, I probably take a couple of shots here on Ryan, but it, it is not a, not a great matchup. Bass, uh, Bass hit the upright, but it went in. Um, looks like we're going to get some overtime on Monday night football here. So might Ooh, actually turn close. this into a decent game here. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it, yeah, the first half was like atrocious because I don't think the Jets were ready to play offense without Byron Rodgers. But, right. um, I mean, they're, they're kind of finding a little bit of rhythm. The defense, man, the Jets defense is going to be something that legit we talk about all year. Um, they're going to have a lot of takeovers. Uh, any interest in the Tampa Bats in this one? No, I don't think so. Um, I mean, trying to find a home run against Ryan, I suppose, is, is the route you're taking. You're looking for lefties. They do have some lefty power. Uh, Brandon Lau, Josh Lowe, Luke Rayley is a guy I love to play when I'm hunting home runs. Big ISO, um, cheap price tag. So I, I like those three lefties, but definitely not a stack for me. Yeah, Luke Rayley is a guy that I like to play as well. Um, quietly has 18 home runs on the season. Like yep. I say quietly because, I mean, Brandon Lau has 19 home runs on the season, and you know we know – um just how good this guy is so uh minnesota i think they're an interesting like low owned stack today um i like you i like little and i think that a lot of people will like him today um so i think like overall there's there's upside right um power wise there's a ton of power and a ton of strikeouts in this line lineup so if you played like a three or four man stack in minnesota and just say hey i'm gonna play this power guys and I hope that they're on the, the right side of strikeouts and the right side of power today. Um, I think they make sense. Like they're not overly expensive. I think the only one you really got to pay up for is Lewis. Um, I think I would pay up for him. Cause I do think like he's had shown plenty of power um, in his stint here. So overall, I think that they're a good little secondary stack. Yeah. I like the cheap, value secondary stack I, I don't mind the lewis call he's been phenomenal he's hitting everything since he got back from the injured list good for him super high level prospect um has just dealt with injuries but we've been waiting on this guy for for a couple of years just to be healthy because he, he's that good um but it, the, the cheap lefties is what i i'm really interested in here 
Max Kepler is cheap. Matt Walner is cheap. Alex Kirloff is back with the team. He's cheap. I, that little three man right there, like it, it's very cheap. Um, and, and I'm highly interested. All right. Moving on. We got Oakland at Houston. Sears and Verlander facing off against each other on this slate. Eight and a half total. The Astros, a 310 favorite, um, up from the 300 favorite that they were yesterday when it opened. But <laughs> uh, any interest here in JP Sears? I can't do it against Houston. Um, I know Ken Walterchuk just shut these guys down over six innings, but this Houston offense is back healthy. Um, they just they don't strike out with Brantley and Altuve back in there added to, to Tucker and Alvarez. It's just they're back to being the elite offense that we hate playing pitchers against them in DFS. I'm certainly not playing JP Sears here. Yeah, the line that they rolled out um, on Monday, 200 ISO, 370 Woba, 16.7% strikeout rate against left-handed pitching this season. So I, I think like <laughs> – Waldachuk having a good game is just hey you know he pitched well. Um, I think JP Sears like has potential like overall in his career. I just don't think it's today. I'm with you. No interest. Uh, let's talk Verlander. Ten seven here. I think he'll be the popular SP one on both sites. Um, I mean, just you know, obviously we all get excited about Oakland matchups, their strikeout rate and everything so high. Verlander's been pitching well outside of a start against the Yankees. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't see a reason to say not to play him at 10-7 outside of price. Yeah, I think ownership is going to be a huge factor too. Like like you, we just saw Framber, who's not a huge strikeout guy, strike out 10 people. Um, so to sit here and say that Verlander's not a huge strikeout guy anymore that doesn't necessarily matter when you have a matchup against Oakland. Um, I think he has potential to go, go out there and strike out 10. He certainly doesn't do it as often any, as he used to anymore. Um, but he has been better since his, uh, since he came over to Houston. And in fact, I was, I was interested in, in looking that up and I didn't, but I've got it right here. Um, actually he's, he's right in that 21% range still with Houston. I thought his strikeouts had ticked up a little bit, but still sitting at 21% with Houston as he was 21% with the Mets. So just not an elite strikeout pitcher anymore. Doesn't really matter in the matchup. It's the price and the ownership are what I'm concerned about. Everybody can see the fantastic matchup. So I think he is the the popular pitcher rather than trying to get up to Peralta um, or, or Scherzer. I think Verlander is the kind of the guy that it's, it's going to be pretty easy to fit him in compared to Peralta and Scherzer. Oakland bats. No. Yeah, I'm going to pass. The only thing that I will say, like, if you want to, like, in a large, large field tournament, if you want a home run chase with, like, a Ryan Noda, um, I, I get it. Like, or, like, if if Roker, uh, like, Roker makes sense, too, as, like, a one-off, like, because Verlander is kind of reverse splitsy power-wise. Um, so, like, Ro- Roker has power against righties. Like, trying to chase that, like, home run play, against Verlander in large field tournament one off like you could play that one off like hitter with Verlander in in like Verlander teams like if you wanted to to make your Verlander like high owned Verlander teams um less owned or different uh Houston bats I mean I just read off the stats um Keith like this is a team that's phenomenal against left-handed pitching JP Sears is very hittable struggles with power both sides of the plate i mean good that like this team got beat up a little bit on monday maybe their ownership's down a little bit but we've seen 
like the progression of DFS, like it doesn't happen as much nowadays um, with like recent memory stuff. Um, I think Houston's in a great spot today. They're probably one of my favorite pivots off of course today. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I loved Houston on Monday night too. Obviously didn't work out um, with Waldachuk doing his thing, but I'm going right back to him because love this spot for them against Sears. Fly ball lefty leaving one of the best pitchers parks in baseball going into Houston to face this just elite offense. Um, like they're super expensive. So it's going to be, t- going to be tough to full stack them. Um, I, th- I think you probably have to pick and choose one of Alvarez Tucker. Maybe you can fit an Altuve out. Like you probably get two of those three Alvarez Tucker, Tucker and Altuve. Um, I'm, I'm skipping Bregman. He just, he hasn't been the same, same hitter. McCormick is a guy I'm always interested against lefties. Love the spot for him. Diaz at catcher. Abreu's been better. Um, if Dubon cracks the lineup, he's 3,100. Um, Houston's one of the top offenses on the slate. I think you can you can home run hunt with them too if you don't want to to pay for the full stack. Chaz McCormick as a one-off is somebody I absolutely love on the slate at 4,500. Well, you know how much I love him against lefties, so you don't have to – you don't have to twist my arm for that one at any like by any means. So um three and out for Buffalo in overtime. Jets defense, man. They're uh they're something. All right. We got cores, Chicago Cubs, your Chicago Cubs at the Colorado Rockies. 12 total. Cubs a 190 favorite here in this one. Um Javier Assad going up against Chris Flexen. Keith, let's just say it. We're not playing pitchers in this game. Ah, uh, <laughs> oh gosh, we're not playing Chris Flexen. I'll tell you that. Oh no. Um, I will say Colorado's getting healthier. Uh, Charlie Blackman's back. Chris Bryant came off the IL Monday night. Javier Assad has been sneaky good, like legitimately good. I know he, he wasn't great against Arizona his last they time. They just out. returned the punt for a touchdown. Really? What just happened? What is going on? The Jets just won the game somehow, but I don't know <laughs> how. Someone in chat, tell me what just happened. I think it was a punt return, yep. Oh, my gosh. I lose, I look away for two seconds. I'm like, oh, anyway, <laughs> sorry. Super distracted um, What on what just happened. But Jets are celebrating. Um, that's crazy that they beat them without Aaron Rodgers. Anyway. That is insane. Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, back to like this is a good memory or um, good like thought process of telling you why you shouldn't play hobby. And I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. So hear me like yeah, I'm, I'm compare, listening. Compare him to Little. Like that's all you're you're aiming to beat 15 points from Little is is like what you're looking at. He went into Cincinnati and put up 27 DK points. Like that's it's different than Coors. Coors is a different beast entirely. But the guy's been good. He keeps the ball on the ground. You definitely need Babbitt in your favor. I don't think he's going to strike out seven or eight in this game, but give me four or five strikeouts, six clean innings. Like, even if it's six innings and two runs with five strikeouts, I think that's playable here at, at 6,500. Like, the, the options aren't aren't great down here. He doesn't need to put up the 25 points. Like, I'm, I'm happy with 15 points here. Colorado's a terrible offense, getting a little healthier, but I, I still think Assad's in play. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Dude, I just saw the play and <laughs> what a range of emotion game for Jets fans. Can we just talk about that? Like yeah. you're super excited. You know, you have this team that is built for, you know, making a long run. They bring in Aaron Rodgers. They have one of the best defenses in the league. They have one of the best talented wide receivers in the league. And then Aaron Rodgers gets hurt in the first series of the game. You watch Zach Wilson play that first half and you're like, gosh, our season's going to suck. <laughs> and you end up beating the Bills coming from behind and beating the bills in overtime on a punt return touchdown. What a, wild. what a, what a wild, wild, um, hard knocks football game. Um, that's all I got. <laughs> like these guys should have been mic'd up for one more week, but anyway, I hear you on Assad. I mean, look what he did here recently against Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. Like you said, generates a ton of ground balls, which, Definitely helps him in a ballpark like course. Um, the Rockies lineup definitely beatable. Um, I'm gun shy because I had Wicks on one of three on Monday night, um, and it's not even like he necessarily pitched bad. I think he what he had six he, innings. He was awesome. Of, yeah, he, he had a good. He, he, he didn't get any strikeouts, but yeah, uh, strikeouts. I said that exact yeah. th- same thing on Grinders Live. Like I said, he's in play because he could get go six clean innings against this Colorado lineup, and it would not surprise me. The strikeout upside is not there. It's Coors Field. It, it limits strikeouts anyway. Assad is not an elite strikeout pitcher. He might be 22% when he's a finished product, which is still below league average. I'm not looking for seven strikeouts in this spot. I, I just want six clean innings and another option in case Zach Littell gets a little bit popular or Zach Littell gets blown up. Um, like I'd rather do that than play somebody like Cal Quantrill, like, like Don Yeezy saying in the chat. That's That's the quality of pitcher that we're comparing him against here. If he wasn't in Coors, like if this game was in Wrigley with a little wind blowing in, I, I would be glad to play a side in the spot. Yeah, I did that last time in pitching against Arizona. Um, didn't work out that time. <laughs> <it didn't. laughs> uh, I will say the Arizona lineup better, much better. Um, yeah. and you mentioned Chris Bryant coming back. You know, the McMahon, Bryant, Jones, Blackman, top half of this lineup, definitely That's at better. Least like, at least yeah. four major league hitters there. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, yeah, we're not playing Chris Flexen. That's silly. Um, don't do that. Even though Kyle Freeland just made them look silly on Monday night. I'm going to say it because that's exactly what it was. <laughs> he made them look silly. Um, so tilting. Anyway, Chris Flexen, low strikeout guy. Cubs bats. They're, I mean, even if this game was in Wrigley, they'd be a top stack on today's slate. They get a fantastic matchup here um, against one of the worst pitchers in baseball. Let's just be honest. 
And they're in the, the one of the best, if not the best hitters ballpark in baseball. I mean, the Cubs still playing for something. Every game matters for them right now. Um, they have a chance to catch the Brewers. I, I think overall, like the only reason you're not playing the Cubs is like pricing and ownership. Yeah, the Brewers will not stop winning. So catching them is going to be impossible because they just win every single game uh, down the stretch here, apparently, for the last month and a half, it seems like. Um, good for them. They're they're a good team. So it's going to be tough to catch them. But the Cubs should make the playoffs. Definitely games matter to them at this point. Easily the top stack on the slate. Chris Chris Flexen has been a picture, pitcher that we picked on when he was in back in Seattle. Like This is a uh, the best hitters park in baseball compared to Seattle which is not a great uh, hitter's park. So elite spot for the Cubs. They're expensive, but I think we're going to have the key to the slate. And I'm glad to see that he got a little bit of a price bump because if Pete Crow Armstrong grabs the leadoff spot, he's going to be massive chalk in this spot. He's up to 3K, which is good because he was 2K on Monday night. And if he would have been in the lineup Monday night, um, he would have been massive chalk there as well. I think he helps even out the, the price of the stack. Um, elite prospect has a ton of speed, a good amount of power, good plate discipline. Like this is a top 20 ish prospect in all of baseball, um, an elite center fielder. So he's going to be out there the whole time playing great center field defense. Um, but Pete Crow Armstrong helps make this stack cheaper than it was Monday night. Suzuki still a little bit underpriced in my opinion at 4,200 helps you get up to the guys you really want. Chris Morrell, fantastic here against a low strikeout pitcher like Flexen. Said the same thing about him Monday night, homered off of uh, Freeland. Elite spot for Morrell. Love Bellinger. Love that he's priced up. That'll keep him keep people from going there in every Cubs stack. Um, it's not lefty-lefty like it was Monday night, so he'll be more popular than he was Monday night. But still think that people are going to have a tough a tough time swallowing 6,800 for Bellinger. Um, I, I will be getting to these guys as much as I can here. Um PCA at that price is just ridiculous, especially if he's up in the order. I kind of feel like they'll they'll hit him ninth and ease him in. Um, but Suzuki way underpriced, Morel way underpriced. Cubs the top stack for sure. Crow Armstrong, everyone that doesn't know who that is, um, he got called up on Monday. Um, for for the for the non Cub fans that don't, I said know his name, full name first, didn't I? I Maybe know, I'm not. Just, I'm just messing I might with not have. <laughs> um, Rockies bats. I mean. I will say this, right? The lineup is healthier for a core stack. They're not overly expensive. They're still priced up. Like, I could definitely get behind. Like, if, okay, like, if Assad gets 10, 15% ownership, I could definitely see getting some Rockies bats here today. I don't know. I don't know that people are going to be as insane as me and play a bunch of Assad. I, I think he like, could get you look 5 at, to 10. But the, okay, so realistically, look at the three top teams on the slate. In my opinion, three top teams on the slate. You're you're going to be looking for a six K pitcher. That's my yeah. that was my point too. Yeah, yeah. Like if you're if you don't believe in Michael Walker and you're saying the Dodgers, because I mean the Dodgers are just the Dodgers, and then you have the Cubs, and then you have Houston. All three of those teams are like they're all expensive. The stack is over. So I think one cheap pitcher, and it's not like we have like great eight K options today. Like we don't like we don't have those guys today. So um I think yeah, one of these guys end up becoming popular today. But yeah, I think I think people will go to Latell first, but and which is why I'm I would use Assad as a pivot. Um if if Assad gets fifteen to twenty percent, then then I'm not playing him. LA Angels at Seattle, seven and a half total. Mariners a two ten favorite, Sandoval Woo. 
Um, we should note that Otani tried to play Monday, um, did some BP before the game, and it felt weird. Like everything, like tight. They said it was like tight feeling, weird feeling. Um, I don't think he plays in this game. I'd be shocked. I mean, I still be shocked if he plays at all this season, but yeah. Um, so yeah, that's just my thoughts. But we got Sandoval and Wu. Um, any interest here in Patrick Sandoval? So the one thing I, I don't know, Tani, is can he still win the MVP if he comes back and hits five more homers or something? I like I think he can. He's still in the conversation, right? The dude did elite things. I, I've not checked his odds since he's been hurt, but I think he's probably got to be in if he's not the favorite, he's in the top three still, I bet. Um, Patrick Sandoval, 7,500. You kind of mentioned that really no 8K pitchers that we're interested in, but I think we can take a look at both of these guys here in the 7K range. Um, it's been a rough go for Patrick Sandoval. It's like it has not been a good season. He's had maybe a handful of good starts all year long. The strikeouts have been down. Uh, he's struggled with the walks here. But Seattle has a, enough strikeouts in the lineup that I think you could take a shot here. I wouldn't try to talk you out of it. I prefer Wu on the other side, but I don't think you're crazy if you're chasing strikeouts with Sandoval here. Um, that being said, Seattle, just, they've been on a roll here lately. It is not a good matchup outside of, of the strikeout upside. Yeah, I mean, what, Detmers is at, I think he's at like 19 fantasy points last time I checked. Um, like seven strikeouts through six innings. Basically the same type of upside as Detmers. I will say like Detmers over Sandoval, like Detmers has more strikeout ability, um, but like Sandoval gives up less power, but walks more people kind of thing. So 7,500, I think is a fair price tag for Sandoval today. It's not my favorite. I like Wu way more on the other side of this game. But will everybody else will as well? I mean, <laughs> there's no there's no secret ingredient here. Um, yeah, I'm pretty Wu, sure the the chalk pitchers or Verlander Wu is probably going to be a very popular pairing on DK. So, like, I would definitely avoid that if you're playing larger field tournaments. Yeah, I mean, Brian Wu, he's been struggling recently. Like, he, his strikeouts have kind of dipped here recently. He's been struggling um, just overall. I mean, you could, uh, yeah, I like Wu. Uh, let's start with liking him first. Um, okay. You know, you look at this lineup with no Otani. They have some injuries. 26% Ks, 140 ISO is the projected lineup here against right-handed pitching, and that's without Otani. So, overall, um, I mean, Wu's in a great spot. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, like, point per dollar, he has a chance to be the top-scoring pitcher on the, on the slate, price considered. I absolutely love this spot for Logan Gilbert on Monday night. He's actually been hit around a little bit. Um, I mean, he's given up three runs. It's not like he's been awful, but the Angels put up a better fight than I thought they would. Um, that's not going to scare me off of Wu. He got beat up a little bit his last time out, but I'm still super excited about this guy's talent. He's working his way back from an injury, building up that pitch count. Um, we've seen kind of that slow escalation here, 65 pitches, 69 pitches, 83 pitches in his last one, despite giving up five runs. So they were clearly trying to get him stretched out a little bit more. He's never a guy who's going to go over 100 anyway. He's a young arm that, that Seattle's going to take care of. So 85 to 90 is about what you can expect when he's fully stretched. So I, I think we're at that point um, that this Angels lineup talked about it a lot on Monday night. There's still a ton of swing and miss in the lineup. I'm, I'm very interested in Wu. Um, despite the struggles of, of Gilbert 
Monday night and then Woos struggles last time out, I still think he, he could definitely find success here in the spot. Yeah, so the, the flip side, right, is ownership and his recent struggles. Um, his strikeout rate's down to 13% over the last 30 days. He's, you know, saw a little bit of an increase on walks. Looking at some of his advanced stats, like his hard hit rate's down, his whiff rate is down, um, his swing and strike rate is way down, but his barrels are down as well. So, like, he's not striking guys out as much, but he's also, like, his, he's done a fantastic job recently of just limiting power. He's allowed one home run in his last five starts. And he, like he had opponents of the Angels, Arizona, White Sox, Oakland, Cincinnati, one home run in those five starts. Um, so he's done a lot better with limiting power. Wish he'd get a strikeout upside back a little bit, but 7,900, 18 fantasy points is definitely viable on this slate. Uh, any interest in the Angels bats today? I just I don't know who I would possibly want to play in this lineup. Like we're looking at names like Mustakas and Gritchick, and it's like they're nice pieces, but when they're the best hitters in the lineup, that that's a problem. Um, Ohapi <laughs> had, had had the two home run game on Monday night. If you want to, like, if you need a catcher in the th- in the three K range, Ohapi's fine. I, talented young catcher, I like him. Um, I there's no way I'm stacking here though. Yeah, probably gonna pass. And on the Seattle side. I think if I'm attacking Sandoval here, it'd be with a stack. Um, you know, a team that's likely not going to get a ton of ownership. He struggles a lot more with righties. So, like, you could build that, like, Suarez, France, Riley, T. Oscar, Julio Rodriguez, Dylan Moore, like, that right-handed power or, like, heavy, hopefully the strikeouts are down here type of spot. He walks enough people. Like, I, I could definitely see a Seattle stack working today. Terrible ballpark. Pricing is, I mean, okay, not as expensive as some of these other stacks. But, yeah, I mean, I could see getting to a Seattle stack today. Yeah, even if I end up with some Sandoval in in my build, I will definitely have Seattle stacks. I I like the Seattle side of this more than I like the Sandoval side. Um, They set up really well against lefties. Teoscar has always hit lefties well. Um, Suarez has typically hit lefties well. Not this year, but I'm, I'm still willing to play him at this price. Raleigh, you mentioned, lo- love him at 4,500. Julio is is elite. Um, Kelnick back in the lineup Monday night. He's lefty-lefty, which is is not ideal. But he, before he went on the IL, he was actually having a pretty solid season against lefties. Um, so don't mind that. He's still cheap at 3,600. Uh, Dylan Moore is the cheapie that I love to play against lefties in the, in the Seattle lineup. All right, moving on. We did have a chat question about Cutter Crawford. Keith and I both don't think that they're going to leave that Boston game on the slate. If they do, I think Cutter Crawford's going to get a ton of ownership today, for what it's worth. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. They're they're not. They haven't included them all season. I'm sure we'll we'll open it up tomorrow, and and there will be a note that they're not accruing fantasy points. Yep, that doubleheader was not announced. Um, it was announced like during the football game and. Not not like extremely a ton of time since we started recording. So we kind of just assume um, that's why we skipped that game as a whole because Crawford could pitch the early game too. We don't know. Um, that I think they did announce it would be him in the late game. But oh, well, that- yeah, I mean, if they leave that game on the slate, I wrote him up on lineup HQ today as a valued play. Um, I think he'd be very, very popular today. All right. Guardians and Giants, eight total. Giants, a 150 favorite. Um, Quantrill, and it sounds like Manaya is going to start. Um, I'm not getting my hopes up. I think that this is going <laughs> to be right. an opener situation. Um, 
and Manaya throws three or four innings. But hey, if he starts, it becomes a lot more interesting for the slate. Um, any interest in Cal Quantro at fifty five hundred? So he's he's really cheap, and I, I know there's been some his name's been thrown out in chat. Like I just I never like to play Cal Quantro. I do like to pick on the Giants. It's a great ballpark to pitch in. So I'm kind of torn. Um, if I if I need the savings down from the Latell Assad range, I suppose Quantrill's in play. I don't think it's the worst idea in the world. There's absolutely a path to him with six scoreless innings here in this this ballpark out in San Francisco. So it's not the craziest idea in the world. He just he doesn't have a ton of strikeouts up, upside generally. The the Giants do strike out a lot, fourth highest strikeout rate in baseball. So. He's in play, not not my favorite. I would I would much rather get up to Latell, I think, but but he he is there, and I don't think it's crazy to play him. Yeah, I mean, if you're running 150, you're you're mixing and matching these guys in this price range just because you want the bats. Um, he he's he's not good. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, hey, to put it bluntly, <laughs> yeah, that's just that's the easiest way to put it. Um, he's done a great job recently limiting power, and he's been in some tough spots. Um, He's another guy that's only allowed one home run over his last five starts, and that was against Atlanta. And, I mean, he faced Tampa, the Cubs, um, Baltimore. Like, they weren't good starts. He just hasn't allowed a lot of home runs. Um, so maybe he could limit the home runs and be on the right side of Babbitt and score 15 points here at 5,500. Um, I don't think he has, like, a 30-point ceiling. I think his ceiling is probably, like, 20 points. Um, I think his ceiling game was last time out against the Angels. He had 22.5. That was like a Cal Quantrill ceiling game. Yeah, but I mean, we'd love that for 5,500. True, buddy. Would we ever? <laughs> um, hey, if Sean Mania starts today and like he's announced the starter, if he gets 80 pitches as a starter against Cleveland at 5,700, sign me up. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I mean it's hard to argue with that, right? Um, you talk like Cleveland's not a not a great opponent to chase strikeouts against, but you don't often get a twenty seven percent strikeout rate for fifty seven hundred. Um, so even though the matchup isn't great, I, I think I'm right there with you. I, I'm skeptical as well that he actually is the announced starter once first pitch rolls around at nine forty five Eastern. Dude, he hasn't um, started since like actually started a game since May. Let's just yeah. let's just call it what it is. Yeah, yeah. If, if he's if they schedule an opener, then you get into that conversation of, are we even sure that Manaya is the guy to come in? And San Francisco is a terrible team to try to pinpoint. I, I haven't looked at who's pitched recently, but they've used Junis in a Jake Junis in a long relief role. They've used Tristan Beck in a long relief role and Sean Manaya in a long relief role. So they, they have guys that they mix and match behind these openers. If we get the opener situation, I'm probably out on Manaya just because it's a, it's a lower strikeout matchup anyway, and I don't want to have to try and guess if he's going to actually come in the game. That being said, if, if we get through lock and he's still the announced starter as we roll up the first pitch, I, I'm on board with Manaya for sure. Yeah, I mean, Junis and they have um, Alex Wood. They've been using like all three yeah, of these guys. Yeah. yeah, like as these like long relief opener guys. And 
I don't know what happened in the last game against the Cubs. He threw three innings and threw only 34 pitches, and it was yanked. So just no faith if he's not starting. If he's not the actual starter, like no faith for me in him. Yeah. No faith in the Cleveland. Man, the Cleveland bats stink. They are <laughs> awful. There's just no power in this lineup, um, especially lefty-lefty. Like, Yeah, with Naylor lefty-lefty, it's, it's rough. I just, yeah. Like, Jose Ramirez, sure, but like, 6k for jose ramirez i've been fading him all year and i i don't see like like getting 12 points from jose ramirez is awesome right but like when he has these like 25 plus point games sure i'll, I'll have nights where i don't like come out on top but 6k for jose ramirez is just crazy to me yeah and, and i mean you don't want to play a 6k one-off first of all you'd rather the elite hitter be in your stack so that when he's he's the one going off. He's bringing other points with him. Um, don't love the six K one off. So I, I don't think I'm playing Jose Ramirez either. Um, Naylor does add some power to this lineup, but he hasn't been as good against lefties as he hits from the left side of the plate. So I I'm not stacking Cleveland. And like, especially if San Francisco does this opener thing, then you don't even know what the matchup is. So that gets even more complicated. Um, if Minaya is a starter, you can certainly try to find a home run off of him. Loriano, I think, would be the guy that I'd look to. 3,500 has hit lefties okay in his career. Um, if David Fry were ha- to happen to crack the lineup, maybe that's another one off as catcher eligibility, but no, no guarantee he's going to be in the lineup. Uh, Giants bats, Cal Quantrill is not good. Strikeouts are really low, walks are high. Yaz, Peterson, Hanniger, J.D. Davis. I mean, I don't think I'd stack this team, but I think like if you're playing a chalky stack and you want like a cheap secondary stack, um, I think the Giants are very much in play for that that purpose. Yeah, it, like the ballpark is tough. The, uh, San Francisco will do the, the pinch hit thing for sure, so it can definitely be frustrating oh, to roster yeah. these guys. <laughs> but that, that like I'm not afraid of the matchup, so I'm certainly fine with a couple of pieces here. I don't think I want him as my primary stack. Um, be more of a mini for me. Uh, Peterson is the guy I like. J.D. Davis I like quite a bit. He's down to 3,600. Um, Lamont Wade has been fine, but he's been down in the order a little bit recently. He's kind of swaps places with Yaz, so I think I'd prefer Yaz over over Wade. Um, but, yeah, probably not more than three of these guys for me. We finish it out with the Dodgers and the Padres. San Diego in LA taking on the Dodgers. Nine and a half total. Uh, 160 favor here for the Dodgers. Waka and Lynn. Uh, any interest here in Michael Waka? Not at 8,900 against the Dodgers. Waka's a, an above average pitcher probably at this point in his career, but just not the matchup for me. Yeah, I don't know if I'd play Waka today if he was 7,500. I'm yeah. just being honest. Um, not against this team. The other side of this game, we have Lance Lind. Um, oh, buddy. Fair price tag, right? Fair <laughs> price tag. I think we can just say fair price tag for Lance Lind. Um, all over the place. I mean, ever since he got a Dodgers uniform, all over the place. Looked really good his first couple starts. Struggled his last couple starts. Um, he doesn't know what he wants to do pitch-wise. Looking at like his advanced stats, like his pitch pitch mix is like all over the place right now. I mean, my first initial thought is just like the Padres don't strike out a ton. Lance Lynn's not an above-average strikeout pitcher. He's expensive. Let's save some money and go down to some guys in better matchups. That was my initial thought on Lance Lynn. Yeah. Um, oh, my goodness. Josh Gillum just said in chat that torn Achilles for A-Rod. Is that 
confirmed. I mean, I heard a lot of people speculating that it looked like that. Um, that would just be awful. Jets believe in Achilles injury for quarterback Rogers MRI tomorrow, according to, um, yeah. An Achilles injury. It doesn't necessarily say a tear. Like, I don't know if you can strain your Achilles without it popping. Can you? Um, I am not a it, doctor. I, if it that's, pops, like one so injury, that's one injury that I avoided when I played sports. I've heard very bad things about Achilles injuries. So, um, like Aaron Rodgers is what, 38, 39, is he 40? I don't know if he tries to come back from that even, but like that, that's not a fun injury to come back from. And it's, it's something that takes a very long time to recover from. So hopefully that's not the case, but he's 39. He turns, um, he turns 40 in December. Hopefully it's, it's not a torn Achilles. That, that would be very, very bad. Um, anyway, back, where were we at here? Lance Lynn, um, 8,400. I'm with you. I think that's a fair price. So he was looking good with the Dodgers, like you mentioned. Um, I, I gave him a pass in the Atlanta start. Obviously, it's Atlanta. Anyone can have a bad start against Atlanta. Loaded up on him against Miami when he was only 8K, and dude just gets his face punched in again. Like it has been just a brutal roller coaster for this guy, like all season long. I don't think I'd mess with it today. Like I'm, I'm gonna try to save more money than this. Like you said. Give me Brian Wu for 500 cheaper. Uh, I think I'd rather take shots on Sandoval for cheaper. I just I don't want to ride the Lance Lynn roller coaster anymore. I'm I'm ready to jump off for the year. Yeah. Um, I mean, so there is a press conference that says, um, "Yeah, not good." Um, <laughs> Damn. From Robert uh, Salia. Not good is not what you want to hear from the coach after an injury. Um, no. But no one knows. Like, yeah, no one knows. Um, but, yeah, gosh, man, that that stinks in so many different ways. I am a Dolphins fan, for what it's worth. Um, but a, I, I, wanted, I wanted to see, like, Aaron Rodgers with the Jets. Like, I, I thought that Aaron Rodgers with the Jets was going to be a fun team to watch this year. I'm I'm a Bears fan who has spent the last 15 what plus years hating Aaron Rodgers and hoping that he fails. But I I too think that this is just awful news, and you never want to see see a guy go out like that. Just brutal. Uh, any interest in the San Diego Bats against Lance Lynn? I, you can certainly hunt some power here. Um, he's had walk issues too throughout the the year, so I, I don't even hate the full stack. My main issue with that is they're pretty expensive and. Like Lance Lynn is should be okay to not get blown up. I say that, and he just got blown up in his last two starts. So the full stack is in play. I'm not sure how much I'll be doing it just because they're expensive. We talked about the Cubs, Houston, all these teams that, that we want to stack up that are expensive. Uh, the Mets are another one that I like a, a ton. San Diego is probably down the list for me, but I, I don't mind hunting power here. Um, I prefer lefty power. Soto's not a guy I lo- like to chase power with because he walks too much. Um, there's just, there's not a ton of lefty power in the lineup, to be honest. Kim is better against lefties. Um, still has stolen base upside if you want to chase that angle with Kim. But again, he's 4,800. It's not like he's, he's super cheap. Um, I, Machado is probably my favorite answer here. Just from, from the power perspective, Grisham is fine at 2,800. If you want to chase a cheap one, it's going to be the best team like on paper that doesn't make, um, the playoffs. Like, yeah, 
this this land of not making the playoffs is so crazy to me. And I, I've talked about the, like their expected win total compared to their win total. And yeah, just I mean, I think if I'm playing San Diego, it's just a full on stack, like hoping Lance Lynn struggles and like we just see a monster game here. Like we, Manny Machado just hit a second home run of the night. Like this team has that that upside. Like they yeah. they have that upside. Um, like there's so many good bats in this lineup. Like I said, they're on paper they're a phenomenal team. They don't strike out. They have power with Tatis, Soto, Machado, Xander Bogarts. Like there's a plenty of upside here. I think if I'm playing them, I'm stacking them. Uh, the Dodgers. I mean, I think you can stack the Dodgers any day, like any day of the week. Um, any pitcher they're facing, Michael Waka is not like this below average pitcher. I mean, he's probably slightly above average um, pitcher when he's pitching well. But the Dodgers are so good. Like they're so good that like if you play anything over one lineup, you're probably like looking at the Dodgers. Yeah, definitely. Um, another expensive stack that that we're looking to play An- another reason I think we're going to be searching around for some cheap pitching. Um, Mookie's obviously phenomenal in the MVP race. Freddie's great. Um, Muncie is swinging a little better, a little bit better bat right now. 5,100. He's cheaper than the, the top two options in, in bets and Freeman. I don't know if I'm paying 5,600 for Will Smith or 5,300 for JD Martinez. I probably want bets Freeman and then go down to Muncie and then save some money somewhere. Um, would definitely prefer to do that with Josh Outman. If Hayward's in the lineup, that's totally fine. Uh, but yeah, D- Dodgers full stack, definitely in play. Even even against a solid pitcher like Wadka, just too much upside to to leave him out of your, your uh, portfolio. All right, let's play the morning grind game, and then we will get out of here um, under 8K to get six or more strikeouts is where <laughs> we start. What are you looking at today? Give me Brian Wu. I know the strikeouts have kind of disappeared a little bit, but I, I believe in this stuff. He has an elite fastball. Um, he gets an Angels lineup that I just have no faith in whatsoever. Even if Otani's back, Otani strikes out enough. Certainly, certainly raises the risk for him a little bit, but there's just there's so many strikeouts in this Angels Angels lineup. I'm assuming, and I'm going off of what we have right now. And right now, Shamanaya is the starter. Give me Shamanaya to get six or more strikeouts. If he is the starter, if not, he's not getting six strikeouts. Over 8K <laughs> to score under 15. Who's your bust today? Uh, Michael Walker, just tough matchup against the Dodgers. I, he's a good pitcher, but I'm, I'm definitely not playing him against the Dodgers, so I'll, I'll be rooting for him to go under 15. Lance Lynn has been a mess r- lately. <laughs> um, I'm going to go Lance Lynn as my fade today. Over 4K, not in cores to hit a home run. Who's going yard today? Chaz McCormick. Just love him against lefties, man. Guy has been been incredible. Um, there's a chance he may not crack the lineup, so I, I might try to find a second one here after you give one. Like I'm looking right now, I don't think we have him projected. Obviously, with Brantley back in there, they've got a Brayu. Um, I, th- I have to think he plays against the lefty here, but I could be wrong. So I'll, I'll try to find another one here while you're while you're looking or while you give yours. Be an excellent day to get Brantley Day off. Um, yeah, I, I completely agree. <laughs> no, I just meant like uh, not even like talking like that. I'm just meant no. Like he's lefty, lefty. Yeah, yeah, it makes complete sense. I, wanna, I think that's what happens. You want to limit his innings like down the stretch anyway. Um, so I, I think like yeah, I mean yeah, I think you have to. I think you have to do it. I mean, what the Astros are almost locked into the playoff. I know, like the only team locked in, locked in is like Atlanta. But, like, let's be honest. The Astros are making the playoffs. Unless, like, they lose every game down the stretch. But, um, 
They're in a good spot. Um, my home run today, give me Corbin Carroll to hit home run number 25 um, today. I like his his home run upside in this matchup. I like that. Um, I will go to um, Pete Alonzo as my other one. Just love it when he's facing a low strikeout pitcher. He gets Ryan Nelson today. So if McCormick isn't in there, I'll go Pete Alonzo. All right, give me a hitter under 4K to get two hits today. You're not going to let me take my boy because he's in Coors Field. Um, <laughs> Pete Crow Armstrong is getting it done, but since he's in Coors and not eligible for the game, I will go Dylan Moore against Patrick Sandoval. Second base eligibility, love that. Yeah, I like that. Um, oh, man, I had wrote down two guys, and I don't like either one of them as much as I did earlier. I'm going to stay in the Arizona side. Give me Tommy Pham. Guy's been scorching here recently. Uh, stack to score six or more runs. Who's putting six on the board today? I think the Mets get it done today. Um, I just I don't believe Ryan Nelson is talented enough to hold them uh, the, the, the power that they have down. I know the, the lineup falls off a little bit, but I still like this spot for the Mets. Um, Nelson, just low strikeouts. Guys like Pete Alonzo and even the big lefties, Vogelbach and and um, DJ Stewart, love this spot for them. And anytime they're against a low strikeout guy, I'm gonna go Padres against Lance Lynn. Um, again, I just I'm not a huge fan of Lance Lynn right now. I think the Padres. I mean they they still have like I think I was reading earlier today they have like a three percent chance to make the playoffs. <laughs> um, so like, hey, they're still alive for now, but. They're like my Red Sox. The Red Sox, they're they're like very slim to numb to make the playoffs. So uh Keith, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Rough day on, on Monday. Hopefully this Tuesday start gets our week back on track and then uh we'll we'll roll it into starting to break down some football as well as we get closer to week two on Sunday. Yeah, I'm ready to definitely get back to the talking some football on the football podcast. I think we have a lot, a lot to talk about um this week, just in general. Um I mean, early look is very interesting week. Shout out to your boy Tua, man! How incredible Ooh. was he? He was Ooh. slinging it all over the place, dropping dropping it over the the safety's head. The Tyreek at the end of the game was just beautiful, just awesome stuff from Tua, man. He missed one too, like early in that game. He missed Tyreek on one early, underthrew him, um, which is <laughs> very easy to do. But <laughs> I've been saying it like I don't think people give enough credit to like Tua when he's healthy. This offense is is so fast and like he can get the ball out quick too, man. Like, um, watch out for the Dolphins if he can stay healthy. I mean, that's that's what we're hoping for him staying healthy. Like, if you're Tua, you don't run the ball at all this year. Like, you just take sacks. Like, you just go down, slide. Like, your offense is too good. It could you could have a third and fifteen and get it because your offense is so good. So, um, yeah, very excited for the Dolphins this year, but. Hope everyone has a fantastic Tuesday. We'll be back Wednesday talking baseball. Good luck, everyone. We'll see you then.